Welcome into the Invest Well Show. You've entered the right spot to get more information and great ideas and tips to help you maximize your wealth, invest well, and really understand what's going on in markets today. You know, Randy, I'll tell you, we see a lot of times that these markets shift and they move ever so quickly today. It's not like we were investing years ago and we didn't have all of the flash crashes and all of the big things. And, you know, tech has kind of made this game very, very different. So we want to talk today a little bit about the idea of building a solid financial house. What does that look like? You know, we are currently in the wake of, or kind of after the wake, if you will, of some of the major hurricanes and things that happened in the Bahamas. Obviously, we want to be mindful of them and be praying for them. I know we've been involved, at least at our church and some other places that are actively going out and not just praying for these folks, but really being boots on the ground, hands and feet, if you will, of actually providing supplies and doing things necessary, even bringing a lot of folks over to our part of the woods here in the in the Palm Beach area. But, you know, Randy, we want to talk today for our listeners out there about building a solid financial house. And again, I only mentioned about the Bahamas because when you think about all the houses being destroyed, a lot of people can relate to the fact of, okay, I want to have a solid home that I live in, but having a solid financial house is important. And then it's we've, we've noticed a little bit of interest rate movement and maybe even some negative interest rates that may end up wandering their way into the U.S. structure as well. So when I think of the hurricane news and things like that, you think of all the devastation and you think that the only thing left sometimes is the foundation of the house. The rest of it is gone. And you talk about, I know that, Michael, in the past you've talked about building a good solid foundation for your financial house you know when you think about that that was interest rates that was something at the bank that was the you know the three the four the five the six seven percent that was there for you and that's what you built on and Mm -hmm. that isn't even there anymore so how do you go about it where do you go well it's a good question and we're going to jump into that randy on this show and before we jump in i want to kind of make sure we give a shout out to the sponsors which obviously wall companies And those are companies designed to help families protect, grow, reduce taxes on their wealth, not only families, but also businesses that might need help with succession planning, executive coaching, business management, talent management, et cetera. You can go to leanonthewall.com to learn more there. And one last thing I want to mention before we jump in, I know many of you have listened to this show for some time. Some of you are coming over from the Michael Wall Show, which is a motivational show, an encouraging show. Uh, show where we interview great guests, et cetera, as well. And I just want to share with you the fact that if you have a question about something specifically, we'd love to hear it. And you can send an email, just send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com. Again, I-N-F-O at leanonthewall.com. And that'll go to our team. Just say, hey, I got a question from Michael about X. And we'll make sure we answer that question on this show here. So let's dive in. You know, obviously, yeah, Randy, we're talking about the financial house, building it solids found. And that is something, I mean, I wrote on that. It's a chapter in our book, Retire Once, Retire Well. And I wanted to expound upon that because I think it's so important. You know, people get so caught up in headline investing, I'll call it. You know, what's the best thing today? And we all get caught up into that. You know, whether you're playing golf, whether you're driving cars, whether you're buying watches, whether you're going to restaurants, it's headline media, right, Randy? I mean, it's like, hey, this is hot today. Go get some. You you can't miss out on this. Well, I guess splashy headlines. Our phones are inundated with this is a new thing. Check this out. And it's the same way in the investment world. It really is. And that's where it's become. I mean, you're seeing things today. I mean, the internet has changed the game in a lot of ways. I mean, think about it. Back when Tesla 
decided they were going to go ahead and take pre-orders for cars. It was one of the first times that's ever happened in history, right? People are putting $1,000 down for a car that they're hoping they'll get someday or 2000 or 5000 or whatever the whatever the number is. And you know what we found out? It works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they ended up selling a bunch of cars and things like that. Well, now there's another company called Rivian, R-I-V-I-A-N, really cool. They're doing the same thing and they're building, they're going to build trucks and SUVs and, you know, really, really cool. But the bottom line is, is we are headline driven. People see that, they get excited about it and they're like, oh yeah, I want to be involved. And maybe institutional companies will invest in places or, you know, individuals will invest in places that they really don't have any track record with. And so we're moving in a world today, Randy, and this is why the financial house is so important. We're moving in a world where there are a lot of great opportunities out there that don't have a track record yet per se, but might have an amazing potential for the future. And then there are other things that maybe a newer startup or a newer opportunity or newer idea, but they have competitive data. In other words, there's competitors in the industry that we know done well. In other words, if I I bring up the idea of Rivian for an example. So this is an all electric car and the truck and the the SUV, right? And if this was the very first one, quote unquote, to hit the market. Now, I know there's been others that there are prototypes and other things that are out there. But if Tesla had not made the penetration in the marketplace that they make today, even doing it in completely different ways, I mean, like where people can literally go online and order their car, like Amazon. And it's completely different, Randy. And now all of a sudden Rivian, this company coming out and they're in a place where they're, they're kind of following the mold a little bit with a different product. But what's happened is, is it's created space because there's competitor data saying that this will work. Well, before, you know, investing before 10, 15, 20 years ago, we used to be in a place because the internet wasn't as prevalent as it is where people would rely pretty heavily on historical data. And now it's more about future data. Obviously, we have to take care of what's happening in the current interest rate environment and markets. But the world has changed. And so, Randy, when we build that solid financial house, it's important. And we got to think differently when we do it. So what do we mean by that? Well, one of the things we got to do is we got to think about just like when you build a house, you want to think about your foundation. And I know, Randy, you and your house, you've replaced your foundation like, what, three times now? <laughs> Not true. <laughs> no, no, no. No, but if you've got a bad foundation, the whole thing crumbles. Doesn't make any difference how beautiful it is on top. You got to have a good base. Right. So when you look at your investment structure, right, what I'm saying here is basically it's there's nothing wrong with getting excited about new creative investment ideas. But you can get a lot more excited about that when you actually have a solid foundation. So that means that you're taking a percentage of your investments, whatever they are, and obviously that number is going to move. It's a sliding scale as you get older, because as you're younger, you might be willing to take more risk. Obviously, the old adage, we know we have more time, right? So if we take more risk and we mess something up or we blow something up or something happens and it doesn't work out like we want the investment that we get in, well, we have a little bit more time to recover. But as that slider moves... And now we're 45, 48, 50, 55, 60, unless you want to work the rest of your life. You're in a situation where your investment risk should start to go down. You should start to take much less risk, which means you need to really evaluate how much of your money, how much of your investments you may want to have in the foundation of your financial house, right? And so the foundation, what are they? Well, those are investments, Randy, that you're safe, They have limited to no market risk. 
And that could fall into the category of a CD, which the rates are real low right now. That could fall into the category of a product like an annuity. Now, there's a lot of negative press out there about annuities, but there's a lot of positives out there about annuities as well. And I would challenge you to do a lot of research, not just Google research, but actual data research. There's a great study on those as an example that was put out by the Wharton School of Business, Professor Babel. This was done in December of 2010, and they shared basically thoughts on why there's been misinformation out there in the industry about annuities specifically. And a lot of it, and this is directly quoting from that research from the Wharton School of Business, is basically saying that there's been some industry professionals and journalists that have shared incorrect information. Now, Randy, I don't know how you feel about that, but I know I don't know any journalists that have ever said anything that's wrong. Fake news, fake news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, of course. Now, again, when we say this, I'm not saying and suggesting that you should just go back the truck up on annuities and get a bunch of those in your... That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is those certainly are a product in the foundation. And other investments, you know, fixed income that has very, very low risk. Maybe muni bonds might be another thing in the foundation. One last quick note on, on the annuity structures. You got to know there's a variety of different types of annuities. So, you know, just like if you use the word doctors, you say, I'm going to go to the doctor. Well, what does that mean? Are you going to a podiatrist? Are you going to a GP? Are you going to a brain surgeon? I mean, they're all doctors, but they all do different things. So with annuities, you know, you're in a situation where you say, okay, I don't like annuities or I like annuities or whatever it is, whatever your language is, you know, there's a gentleman out there in the industry right now that is doing a lot of advertising talking about, I hate annuities and you should too, and all of these different things. Well, the problem with that is you're blanketing an entire industry and you're saying basically to the consumer that there's nothing out there in that industry that's good. And that's a slippery slope. I mean, that'd be like saying all stocks are bad or all stocks are good. You can't say that. There's good and bad of everything. And I, I look at investments from a completely independent lens saying what is appropriate and why. So again, talking about annuities, there are several different kinds. There's fixed annuities, there's immediate annuities, there's fixed indexed or indexed annuities, and then there's variable annuities. And each one has, you know, there's different companies, insurance companies out there that write these products and they all have different features and they all have different benefits. So it can be a very confusing industry for sure. And that's why you need to get some help and guidance to walk you through that. But the foundation, again, is something where we are looking at the outside perspective, Randy, where we're looking for investments that have more safety and more guarantees or more protection. And again, it could be CDs, it could be annuities, it could be fixed income, it could be muni bonds, it could be, there's other things that you could place in there as well, overfunding life insurance type structures, which gives you tax-free growth potential. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do there. The material point here is defining how much of your investments you feel that you need in the foundation. And again, that number is going to move as your age changes, and I know, Randy, you are the only one that I'm aware of that actually doesn't age. <laughs> you stay the same. I appreciate that very much. I will take that compliment. You still look like, <laughs> like you're 25. And that's, uh, that's something I think you're drinking the right water, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to tell you this, a quick story here of somebody that I work with now who used to listen to me on the radio 20 years ago. And she looked at me and her first sentence to me was, you used to be hot. 
They <laughs> <laughs> say, well, that's because I was outside and the temperature was 110 degrees. Yeah. No, but it's, it's really fundamentally understanding what do you want in the foundation? And as, again, as you're listening to this, that's a choice and decision that you have to make, right? I mean, we've talked before about you're the CEO of the portfolio. You have to determine how much of your money you want safe. It might be 10% of your money. It might be none of your money. It might be 50%, it might be 80%. I don't know. That's a decision that you have to make based on where you are. And and the reality of it is, and again, the reason the slider changes is because as you get older, at least, you know, the folks that we're working with through the wall companies, helping families sit down and really maybe getting a second opinion on their wealth or navigating through our team, navigating through just educating clients on what, what is out there and what's available. You know, we found a lot of times folks as they're getting older, they are more inclined to want more safety and want more protection because they've built their wealth. So that's the foundation. And then, Randy, you have the walls in the house, mm-hmm. and that's investments where, you know, we're taking a little bit more risk, but it's it, now it's calculated risk, right? And these are things where we can determine what that looks like, and that might be having a portfolio in the market. That could be, you know, stocks, that could be bonds, that could be ETFs, that could be mutual funds, that could be owning, you know, different types of real estate, whether it's a REIT on the market or direct off-market investments through a general partnership, or maybe you're entering as an LP, a limited partner. There's a lot of different things that you can do there, but there's more opportunity investment-wise, more opportunity to make, you know, return on your money. And there's also some tax benefits that come into play there as well. You can sometimes get tax-favored income, depending on what you're investing in, but because of that greater return, which could anywhere between, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, mid teens, we've seen some real estate investments and off market investments, even true private equity that we've kind of seen with clients average, you know, 12, 13%, 18% annually. But there's more risk to that, right? That doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. There's more risk to it. So, but what you do want to do is you want to quantify that risk. You want to understand the investment. You want to understand what it looks like. You want to understand what is the downside potential there. And you want to know how that's being limited. So that all comes with great planning and improved planning with your portfolio. But that's the walls. That's where you're looking to take a little bit more risk. And then we have the roof. And the roof is where we are saying, okay, I'm going to allocate a percentage of my investments where I'm going to take greater risk. And that might be 10% of the portfolio. That might be 15% of the portfolio. That might be 20%. But these are investments that are going to be taking greater risk. That might be things like venture capital, where you're investing into an idea, a company that has not yet been created, but there's been a lot of research around it. There's been a lot of history around it. There might even be a competitive opportunity that's already out in the market that's, you know, that's done well. And so you're, there's a new kind of game in town, if you will. And so you're, you're using that as an opportunity. Could be venture capital, could be other things like that, but there's obviously elements of risk because there's no track record there. And the risk is much higher on that because there is no track record in general. So those are what we look at, Randy, when we build out the financial house. And I think it's important for each and every person to understand themselves how much risk they are really willing to take. You know, when I listen to the metaphor of the house and then I think about, you know, there are houses that were built 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago that are still standing. And then there are houses that are being built today. 
with some new technology. And, you know, I think about be earthquake-proof your home. You know, they build homes now that are more stable if the earth starts to shake. There are probably homes now that are in better condition and better able to take the high winds of tropical storms and hurricanes. And I think, you know, we could throw that metaphor in there as well to say, how old is your home? How old is your portfolio? Is it time to take a look at it again and say if we need to update some things a little bit more to what the storms are throwing at it right now? Well, I think that's an important question because a lot of times, you know, people in life, I was talking with a gentleman the other day and I won't mention his name, but he has some inherited money and some other things and it's a significant amount. But the conversation went like this. I said, well, what do you, you know, he had some questions about, you know, investment things. He, he understood who we are and what we do and kind of some of the history that we've had in the industry. And uh, he said, you know, what, you do have any suggestions or thoughts about that? And I said, well, I said, that's a good question. I said, can you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing? You know, it's like somebody saying, well, where should I invest? What do you think I should invest in? It's like, well, that's a good question. I mean, how much money do you have? What, how old are you? What are your goals? What are your desires? Where do you want to be? How much, you know, what are you currently doing with that you've, what have you liked? What have you disliked? I mean, that kind of thing. And so a lot of questions there to really dive in what's necessary. And basically what we ended up finding out, Randy, is he really didn't have any idea. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know what, actually, I don't have any idea what the money's invested in. I don't even know what the value is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I thought to myself, wow. And you see this oftentimes, not always, but sometimes more in a multifamily office type or even a family office type structure. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be that at that level, but where people just don't have any idea what's happening with their investments. And this is really important because, geez, if you don't know what's going on, there's no way to know whether or not, number one, it needs improved, or number two, if you can even improve it and what that looks like. So, you know, it all starts with understanding what you have and why, and then what are you doing to improve or protect? And I think that's the key, Randy, is is really gaining a better, and you know, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, it does. But there's ways to do that simply. And I think that's one of the reasons that we've seen families out there, you know, say, hey, I want to get a second set of eyes. So let's wrap up the show here today, Randy. But I I wanted to share with everybody the idea of the importance of the financial house and really putting your eyes on that. There is no right or wrong, quote unquote, investment in my eyes. It's just what is appropriate for you. What do you think you're willing to take as far as risk tolerance and what does this look like as far as your age of life and have taxes been addressed and all of these other things that are that are crucial along the way? So as you're listening to this out there, regardless of where you are, and you're saying, you know what, I appreciate the feedback, I appreciate the thought of the financial house, and you know, I really should think about, and it's been on my mind a little bit, some concern with the market yo-yo, I really should think about getting a second opinion on my wealth. I want to challenge you to reach out to, I don't do this on every show, but I want to challenge you to reach out to our team and you can reach out to them by going to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And there's a place as you scroll down just a bit, it says request my review. And uh, just submit what your questions are. And we can start and have either myself or a team member connect with you and have a conversation about what you're doing and how we can maybe help improve your situation, protect, grow, and reduce your taxes on your wealth in general. That's important though. But Randy, it's all about keeping it simple and looking at things in life with simple diagrams, because I'll tell you, you know, when things are efficient 
and organized, we tend to be able to move forward a lot faster. Well, I think that if you ask anybody, where is it that you feel best? Where is it that you feel the safest? They say, I feel best at home. And I think Mm -hmm. that you should feel good about your financial home as well. And you should feel informed and you should feel at comfort with that as well. And if you don't, it's time to get a second look. Yeah, I think so. So thanks so much for tuning into this show. And we look forward to connecting with you uh, soon again. And, And by the way, there's a lot of other podcast previous that I want you to make sure you go back and don't miss, like being the CEO of your portfolio or protecting yourself from a market crash, things like that, that are going to help you gain the knowledge that you need to really help you protect the investments that you've worked so hard for. Also, I want to invite you to share your comments and feedback. We love hearing from our listeners. And so I invite you to take a just quick moment and do that whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you're listening to this show, we invite you to share your your thoughts. Hey, love this comment or love the way you articulate it's XYZ. Or, you know, if there's something, again, that you want to hear more, send us an email, info at leanonthewall.com. And, and do the friends that you know that need to hear this a favor to help them simplify their lives by just clicking on the share button on your podcast app and sharing that over to them so they can gain the knowledge that they need as well. But again, thanks for tuning in. As always, the goal is to help you live on purpose so you can live with purpose, invest well, live well, and ultimately give well. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next show. Any client experiences discussed during this show are unique to that client. They are not meant to imply or suggest you will experience the same results. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please call 888-511-9255. Wall Wealth Management LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall. Wall NPN Insurance License Number 7330010.